I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. Yeah, I really shouldn't be drinking. Oh, really? You learned that in med school that you obviously didn't get into? A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. He's a very gifted singer. I'm really, really good. How good? I've been called the songbird of my generation. Stop. Of people who've heard me. That good. On 1080 The Fan. Wow. We are all back in the same studio. Reunited. And it feels so good. good. For the first time, and I want to say like, what, four weeks or something? It feels like <laughs> it, man. Uh, it is... Sports Sunday, probably for the final time. I think next week we're going to make the official jump to football Sunday. Is because, that next week? Well, this week, this weekend coming up. So the the day after our show is the day after this coming Saturday. There are two football games. You've got Florida and Miami and you've got Arizona and Hawaii. And then the following weekend is the official start of college football. And then the following week after that is the official start of NFL. So I think. On the Sunday after the official week zero start of college football, we should switch to football Sunday. I'm down. Agree? I'm down. Good. So this is the final edition of 2019's Sports Sunday. 2020, we will return as Sports Sunday and talk plenty of NBA and Blazers like we normally do, whatever else comes to our mind. But what a good what a good year for Sports Sunday. Like the Blazers did really, really well. There's a lot of Blazers to talk about. The NBA was super interesting this offseason. There's a whole bunch that happened this year. Um, but yeah, so that is going to be next week, Football Sunday. So this is our last Sports Sunday, although we'll be talking plenty of football today anyway, because guess what? That's what the news is. And uh, we also finally have information for the Dirt and Sprague Fantasy Football League draft. And we will throughout the show be promoting that because we need to fill our league. And we have eight spots left. And you have two days to decide if you want to do it with us. So the details on that quickly. The draft is Tuesday at Kingpins in Beaverton this Tuesday, two days from now. Our draft is starting slightly later than most. Uh, the registration begins at 6. Most drafts start at 7. Our draft starts at 7.30, so you have a little bit more leeway to get there if you need to get have a little extra time to get off of work. Uh, but you can get there anytime from 6 and after and, and register and get s- seated at our table. And uh, for the first time in probably four years at this point, we're doing a league together again. We've been having two different leagues where Rashad will do one and I will do one. But this year we were doing it all together. One league, 12 people, uh, three wide receivers, a flex position, half point PPR, all that good stuff. So if you are able to go to Kingpins in Beaverton on Tuesday and want to draft with us and be in our fantasy football league, 
all season long. Text the Better You Today text line 55305, your email address. The key is you have to be there, or at least you have to try really hard to be there. Yeah, at least, Not you every, know. every year, most, most people will show up. Sometimes somebody doesn't show up, and that's okay. But try really hard to get to Kingpins in Beaverton on Tuesday. 7.30 is the draft because it's a lot of fun, first of all. I like it. Then you get to be in the league with us for the entire year while you're listening to the show. We can be talking about our league and poking fun at all the people we're playing. All the and, people uh, whose yeah. who's candy asses I'm whooping in fantasy. It's going to happen again this year. Hit, hit us up on Fantasy Scram. We'll get all the inside information so you can beat us with our own knowledge. Right, exactly. We're going to use our own knowledge to, to pick players against ourselves. That would certainly happen. That's probably not already me. happened without us even realizing it. Not me. It. If you're in our league, I'm giving bad advice. <laughs> but you're yes. Not, I know. We, we yes. just know that. In Start Jameis Winston just... over over Aaron Rodgers. It's a good play today. <laughs> that it might actually end up working Winston out from time, like to time. from time to time. Considering <laughs> his new coach, you know. Bruce Arians. Woo. Jameis Winston's one of my uh, my sleeper possible breakouts this year because uh, Bruce Arians is a you heard it here first. Jesse says draft Jameis number one overall this year. Not number one, but I'll tell you what. You can get him in the teens. I mean, you can get him way later than that. <laughs> the teens is still pretty high. <laughs> well, like, they're 15, 16 pick. Like one of your last picks, you could probably pick this oh, guy. Oh, up. I see. I thought oh, you were like overall. overall. Okay. I was like, no. no that's like, still no, incredibly bold. You can get this guy like literally with probably one of your last picks as your second quarterback and find out he could be a top five, top ten quarterback at the end of the season. Of, of all the guys, you know, this year, I think Jameis is the one that probably has the the the, the most potential to have a great year. Just consider all, all the quarterbacks that were kind of down last year. I think Bruce Arians is an awesome coach, and he's an awesome – and this is the first year that – He's kind of going to, re- you know, relinquish the play calling to somebody else and everything. Byron Leftwich is going to uh, kind of be the the guy to make the calls of, in uh, Tampa Bay. So, I don't know. This could be a really, really good year for Jameis Winston. I hate to say it because, I mean, honestly, it just might make me sound really stupid. But I- I've already said Jameis Winston. Um, Chris Godwin's another guy who could come out in fantasy this year, be a wide receiver too. He's going to be basically 1-1-A to, um, to Mike Evans. And then... I just have this feeling that I Ronald Jones was so bad last year, second round pick out of USC, and he just was so bad. But Peyton Barber was so pedestrian. I just have this feeling, you know, you're you're in fantasy. This was the same thing that happened with me and Josh Gordon. I got Josh Gordon, or, uh, not Josh Gordon, but Melvin Gordon in the eighth round is his sophomore season. He ended up being a top five running back. I think Ronald Jones is a guy you're going to be able to get like ninth, tenth, eleventh round. And you you possibly could get RB two numbers out of him. RB two so numbers out of him. I was a year too early. I drafted him for one dollar last year in my yeah, auction league. Yeah, yeah, I think and you got might have been a year too. But you're going to be able to get him once again, super cheap this year. And I mean, there, it's that Bruce Arians effect. It, there is something true about it. There is something very true about it. And there's all the talent in the world on offense there. There's all the talent in the world on offense there. So just think David Johnson, Ronald Jones. Well, I'm just saying. The other thing I'll do quickly on on fantasy while we're on it is the Arizona Cardinals offensive line may in fact be worse than last year's offensive line. Oh my gosh. And last year's offensive line was historically bad. So maybe avoid David Johnson at all costs in your fantasy leagues, because I've seen a lot of people trumpeting David Johnson as a great pick again, and he might be, and this might just be preseason doesn't matter compared to the regular season, but that offensive line looks awful. And everyone's like, Oh, Kyler Murray, great fantasy pick. He might be, but just be careful, okay? Because I think the Cardinals' offensive line might kill David Johnson and Kyler Murray this year. 
just be a little just be a little cautious so yeah if you can make it to beaverton on tuesday kingpins which is uh, in the cedar hills area if you are unaware it's a brand new uh, bowling alley arcade kind of place that's up there which is actually really cool we did our nfl draft party there this year and uh, first time I had gone there, even though I live out in Beaverton, it was fun. It was a really nice, clean, cool, popping spot. So, yeah, I go to the Kingpins on uh, Powell, on 92nd and Powell. There so, you go. Pretty nice place now, man. Uh, it didn't so, used to look like that. Well, this one's brand new, so yeah. I don't – it probably always looked like that because it was built like five months ago, like everything in that area has been. Uh, but, yeah, so text in your email address to the Better You Today text line at 55305, and I will promote this a couple more times throughout the show if you have yet to decide if you can make it out to the draft. And then uh, we will hopefully see you on Tuesday for the draft at 736 o'clock registration. Coming up on the show today, we do have a lot of NFL. Uh, I did not know, but I think both Jesse and Rashad have watched Hard Knocks. So uh, Jesse shook his head no. Well, I know Rashad watched the show Hard Knocks. I have as well. I've caught up to the first two episodes. So we will discuss a little bit about Hard Knocks because those shows are super fascinating to watch. And it's a really interesting deep dive into a specific team I'd like to talk about Antonio Brown because we're really seeing his personality and uh, boy oh boy is it something so we'll talk about that and uh, maybe a little bit about John Gruden as well uh, I wanted to talk about Josh Gordon getting reinstated to be uh, a starting wide receiver for the Patriots again this year less than a year after his indefinite suspension which came after a year-long suspension so once again the NFL has no consistency in anything uh, but I want to talk about that and uh, plenty more as well. So that's all to come. Better you today. Text line 55305. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Mike Lynch 27. Rashad's at TaylorMade503. Jesse's at Jesse Osmond. A-S-Z-M-A-N. Station's at 1080 The Fan. Coming up next, let's start with Josh Gordon real quick. Oh, and we want to talk Jay-Z as well. Do awesome. we? Okay. Yeah. You, seem, you seemed very interested in it earlier. So. No, yeah. It's been a big topic on my timeline, you know, for the past couple days. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll throw a little Jay-Z news in there as well at some point in the show. Uh, but we'll start with Josh Gordon next because that was the biggest news of the end of the week. Josh Gordon reinstated from his indefinite suspension to the NFL next on Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 914 on your Sunday morning, Mike, Rashad, and Jesse all together for the first time in like a month. And we should be together, as far as I know, basically through all football season. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm gone on uh, Labor Day weekend. Sin City. Jesse's gone. My turn. Oh, yeah, he's going to Vegas. He's, he's the yep. third of the bunch to go to Vegas in the last month. Uh, so he is gone, Labor Day weekend, but he won't miss any NFL shows. He's no. just going to miss a college football show. But uh, but yeah, we should be here for the foreseeable future. I have to check the Seahawks schedule because they can sometimes throw a curveball at us and not allow us to do shows when they have really early games. Uh, so I'll give that a check and see when those might be happening this year if uh, we're going to miss some shows. But throughout most of the football season, you will hear us right here, 9 to 11 a.m. Or uh, sometimes it's like 8 to 9.30 depending on the game. Uh, I can't remember exactly what we did last year. We'll figure it out. But we'll 
we'll be able to uh, give you all the NFL and college football you need for most of the football season moving forward from 9 to 11. So keep listening to us. And remember, if you can make it to the fantasy draft on Tuesday in Beaverton, text your email address to the Better You Today text line at 55305. Let's start with Josh Gordon news. That was the big news on Friday. Josh Gordon, it was like a 5 o'clock news dump by the NFL. Friday, 5 o'clock news dump that Josh Gordon had been reinstated to play this season with the Patriots. Football-wise, great for New England. They had a lot of a lot of questions at wide receiver. You have Edelman back, and you got and kill Harry from uh, Arizona State with your first overall pick. But beyond that, you were kind of like, oh, not really sure what they're going to do with the wide receivers. Gronk retired, so still unsure about really all the targets for Brady. I'm sure they'll figure it out because, well, they're the Patriots. But having Josh Gordon come back, all of a sudden you look at it and you go, Josh Gordon, Nikhil Harry, Julian Edelman. Oh, they're going to have a really good wide receiver core there all of in a New sudden. England. So starting on the football side, not the 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 suspension side, what a great, great day for the Patriots to get that that guy back. No, that was a huge get for the Patriots. You know, nobody really knows this because Josh Gordon actually has a, you know, better yards per average, you know, with from his connection with Brady than Gronkowski did or even with Randy Moss. I think it's like 11.3 yards uh, per reception from uh, Brady to Gordon so they're dangerous you know it's a, it's a guaranteed first down every single time that these guys kind of connect with each other and then you were kind of talking about the fact that the Patriots receiving court looked depleted looks really really bad and then all of a sudden you get Ellen back from after he serves his suspensions I think it is and then you'll get Josh Gordon that's going to be a huge get for you because now you can take somebody off the top Josh Gordon is arguably when he's healthy and he's on the field he's easily a top five you know, top six receiver in the NFL. Like, I honestly think he's that good of a player. The fact that he was stuck in Cleveland forever, it makes it's easy to make people forget about you. A.J. Green is another one of those guys we just kind of forget about because his quarterback sucks for the most part. And he then and, and, he's health, and, he's, and he's been, you know, uh, injured, but you know where the ball is going to go a lot of times when you're playing against the Bengals. So uh, I think those are the two guys that are really, really underrated for what they bring to a team. But this is going to be huge for the Patriots because all you know that they're going to run through the AFC East. That's pretty much a given for the most part, unless you're going to see some magic from, you know, the the Dolphins or I think the Jets are the no, one the team. The Dolphins that, are projected as one of the worst teams yeah, in the, the NFL. The, I, I, that's the why. I, that's why it'd be magic. I think the the Jets are the one team that are kind of set up today to be competitive against the Patriots. I yeah, think. And the Bills might might make Bills last couple of years have been decent, so you might get a little bit if, from them too. If there's any worst to first team this year, I, I think that it would be the Jets would be one of those teams that would be right in there just considering their roster. However, uh, for the Patriots, this was this was huge for them because moving forward, you know Brady's going to make something happen. They're going to change the playbook just to be able to accommodate the personnel they do have. But this is one of those situations to where now you have a, a killer out there at the wide receiver position, and you just don't come across those all the time in the league. It'll be it'll be really interesting because this yeah you have two guys I think I mean that that'll allow you to bring Nikhil Harry along a little bit slower. Um, not have to rely on him and expect him to be a number one right out the bat. Still allow um, Julian Edelman to keep his role in the slot. It's going to be real fun to see how this offense evolves without um, Rob Gronkowski because I know we've seen it at in spurts because he hasn't been healthy, but this is a totally different type of receiving core than we've seen out of New England uh, probably ever during during Tom Brady's career because you think about Josh Gordon I mean he 
it, he's not a top five guy anymore, but he had dang respectable numbers last year for uh, New England. Nikhil Harry was like supposed to be the guy as far at that position coming out of the draft and a guy that's ready to go week one. It's going to be fun to see um, Brady with guys on the outside. My one worry, my one concern is at, you know, approaching the mid forties, is he going to be able to get the ball to the guys on the outside in the coming years? He's proven us wrong every single year that we started to doubt him. So So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming we will see that Josh Gordon's numbers when he's played have been spectacular. Uh, his full season that he played, or almost full season, 14 games with the Browns in 2013, 87 catches, 1,646 yards. Mm. That was a, a leading the league that year, and nine touchdowns. Also had five rushes for 88 yards that year. Then he only played five games. Then he was suspended for two straight years. Uh, 2018, he played 12 total games, and 11 of those were with the Patriots before he got suspended. 11 games, 40 catches, 720 yards, three touchdowns, 18 yards per catch, which is kind of the average for his career. He's 17.4 yards per catch. And that that's not obviously the same as that one year with the Browns, but still a big impact player. So when he's played, when he's not been on drugs or alcohol, he has been amazing. In, in small bursts and in large bursts, he has been one of the better receivers in the league. And you could argue, hey, he's got fresher legs because he spent so many years not playing and so many games missing time. But that's what kind of leads me to the other part of it is I I just don't know if I trust that he's going to stay off whatever he needs to stay off of. Because, man, how many times have we had Josh Gordon come back and be excited about it because he's a great player? And then how many times has he flushed that opportunity down the toilet? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, you know, drugs are a hell of a thing to kick. You know, we know I know a lot of people growing up that unfortunately they just could never you know leave that alone but uh, i know josh had to really address his mental health i know that was a big reason that they you know he was going through what he was going through and I, there has to be some mental health issues there because one once or twice you get suspended for you know for drugs okay cool you know like we we get it people go through stuff but this is like the fourth or fifth time like this happened so it seems like he's caught for weed most of the time like, i think alcohol once there might have been something else in there yeah, too. Yeah, so I mean, he's got a very confusing history of being suspended. No, so. it's 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 incredibly confusing. So yeah, you you know you you hope the best for him and you want him to be able to pull through because he is a, such a talented uh, player. But more just as a person, you want him to be able to get over his demons. But uh, as far as football, as a patriot, he's been Tom Brady's best receiver. You know, so uh, I'm looking at this list right now. It's his highest yards per attempt. Number one, Josh Gordon, 11.3. Two, Dante Stallworth, 10.6. Or tied for third is Rob Gronkowski and Chris Hogan with 10.3. Randy Moss is tied for sixth at 9.2. So when he's, you know, in this blue and red, like he is incredibly effective uh, for Tom Brady. And so, and that says a lot, you know, considering the fact that Brady's got six rings and this is, you know, as far as catching the ball, like he's he's considered the best at this point. So, I mean, he's not Randy Moss. Let's go ahead and put that out there. I don't think Josh Gordon is Randy Moss, but Josh Gordon's a hell of a ball player. And so this is, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, of course, you're pulling for him. You want him to do well. Even if you're not a Pats fan, which most people are not, you still want to see a good player like that be on the field. I do think that generally people, players, coaches, uh, the, the royal we – it's probably more okay with Josh Gordon now than they were four years ago because the stigma around weed has changed so much, right? 
Now, he's ha- like I said, he's had some other issues, and you mentioned mental health issues. Uh, I think alcohol was one of the times he was actually suspended because he was abusing alcohol, which I didn't know you could be suspended for under the NFL, but I guess you can. Um, but now that he's been suspended, what, three or four times for marijuana, and it's become, especially because we live in a state where it's legal, I'm assuming many people who live in those states kind of feel a similar way at this point. I wonder... I think we're more accepting of Josh Gordon than we used to be. I remember when Josh Gordon kept getting suspended, I was like, dude, this guy's a bum. Can't stay out of trouble. What is he doing? Just don't do the thing you're not supposed to do. And now we're kind of looking at it, looking at it like, well, it's legal everywhere. For the not everywhere, but you know what For I mean. the most part. It's legal. Half the country, more than half the country. And yeah. a lot of places have medical and whatever. And it's like are we really that mad at Josh Gordon for self-medicating? No, and I think uh, And I think that changes it too cuz now I feel like we're all pulling for him. Because not that he's been suspended illegitimately, but he's been suspended for things that now are less bad than they were five years ago. Yeah, I think more than anything, people weren't, they were like, man, you're dumb. Just because if you get paid that much money, the consensus is that you're supposed to do everything you can to stay on the field and make your money. And so for him to get suspended twice for the same thing, it's like, man, bro, really? Like, this is why you're getting suspended? Like, if you're telling – if you're, if I'm getting paid what Josh Gordon's getting paid, man, I'm not smoking the entire season. I'm not doing – that's how most people who aren't in that situation feel, most people that don't have that money. So I, I think people looked at it like, man, you're that was dumb. That was stupid. Now that it's kind of, you know, everybody is – everybody's token up now. You know, weed is legal everywhere. I think it's dumb in the first place that they even test – for weed, just considering all the terrible pills that they that they prescribe to their players, and they 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 frown upon marijuana. That's stupid, but whatever. That's a whole different conversation. But it's just it was just it just looked dumb, you know. That that was the whole thing, and so people it was easy for people to just kind of turn their back because it was like, how bro, are you still? How are why are you still getting in trouble for the same thing? Have. That's exactly what it was. Like yeah. if, if I had this opportunity, I wouldn't do anything to squander it. Like we don't know what we would do in Josh Gordon's situation with that much money and that much time on your hands at certain points. And we so, don't know what's going on inside his head. Either. No, absolutely not. So I think it's easy to kind of pile on top of a guy that gets suspended for, you know, the same stuff over and over and over again. But, yeah, I think he was really going through something, you know, to get suspended that many times for a, a violation that's pretty much the same every time. That's weird. Are we going to get to a point where you see the NFL become more lax on this, do you think, or is it going to take it being federally – legalized for the NFL no, to take that step. It's going to happen. Uh, it's going to happen. It's going to be NFL, NBA. They're all going to just, you know, assimilate and do the same thing. And I don't know when it'll be. I assume it'll be within the next few years, just considering now you have a lot of advocates for weed that are former players, that are, you know, current athletes and stuff like that. So that use the cream and they, and they you know, uh, uh, use edibles and things like that. Like, so, I mean, it's becoming more and more, the norm, especially considering what we know about it now. I think when we were all 14, we just knew weed got you high. That's what we knew. And now that we're older, we understand all the uh, other uses that it can come from, particularly towards uh, pain management and stuff like that, which I is just, what a lot of these guys go through. So I think it's just a matter of time, like another few years. I'm not going to say any more than five years. Like I think it'll be legal, number one, and mo- throughout the rest of the country, because right now they're, what, 27 states? Twenty? How many of them that are legal? But they're not fully legal, right? It's sometimes in some states, a lot of those states, it's just medical. No, it's just medical, but yet still, like, you're not going to stop everybody that's smoking weed and say, let me see your medical card. Like, so it's just it's just kind of one of those things. It's a slippery slope now because it is still kind of, quote, frowned upon, you know, for whatever reason. Well, it's but. still, that's the thing, and that's that's the only thing I'll say on the on on this that I think you might be a little bit off is, 
it's still federally legal. Yes. And I don't think federally there's many changes coming in that sense very soon. Yeah. And the NFL is nothing but, you know, big government in sports. And I think that as long as it's federally illegal, the NFL will not become more lax on it. So if that changes in five years, then your point's totally going to be true. But I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I think that I think it's kind of somewhere in the middle here. Uh, it it just kind of harkens to what Suk was saying this week. Um, and his simple solution, I think, is basically the solution where um, uh, you just stop testing for it. You don't necessarily make it legal, but you just stop testing for it. So um, if you get pulled over with an ounce of weed and you have and you get arrested for it or you go through an airport with an ounce of weed wrapped in aluminum foil then you're going to get penalized for it but otherwise it it's not going to be a big deal and i think the reason this is going to happen sooner rather than later because i think that is a simple solution that lets the nfl give a little bit and save face and keep kind of their their foothold and in that side of things uh, but at the same time, in 2020, we got a work stoppage. And that's a simple thing to give and still kind of keep your way. Everybody right. gets so you're still way. You're still being looked at as a broad uh, league, as a league that's against marijuana. But internally, you're not going after it as Exactly. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think I that's, think a, that's a simple ground, solution. Yeah. And I think that can come soon because, I, like I said, you, you go into a work stoppage, you're like, this is something that's really easy to give. We still save face. They, you know, they, they can use it medically if they want. And if they're going to use it recreationally and they're going to get in trouble, then they're going to get in trouble from us as well. But it just, I, I think it's a simple solution that might come sooner rather than later. Better You Today text line is 55305. Thoughts on this would be uh, appreciated if you've got any. Uh, we'll continue this conversation next, or so we'll move on to Hard Knocks talk. Antonio Brown is an interesting character, and uh, Ryan Clark said something this week with with ESPN that I thought maybe it was two weeks ago that I thought was pretty interesting as well. So uh, we'll get to that next, unless there's some really interesting thoughts in the text line. But first, Jesse at Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Nine thirty-five Sunday morning. Mike Rashad, Jesse, with you till eleven o'clock. Our final edition of Sports Sunday this year. If you missed the beginning of the show, we are doing just one league this year for Dirt and Sprague's fantasy football draft party. The draft is on Tuesday. This Tuesday. Kingpins in Beaverton. If you can make it out there, registration starts at six. Our draft is at seven thirty. And want to be a part of our league? Send your email address to the Better You Today text line at five five three zero five, and we will shoot you an invite to the league. Uh, it's not necessarily a requirement, but it is a strong suggestion. No, it's a requirement. It's a requirement to uh, go to the draft, please, because that's the whole point of having this league is to draft in person with everybody. And um, if you can uh, if you can make it, please send your email address and if you want to be a part of the league uh, to the Better You Today text line at five five three zero five, and we will send you an invite and we will remind you a couple more times throughout the show of this. Let's get into a little bit of hard knocks as uh, we have watched two episodes, third episode coming out in a couple of days where we will get to see them <laughs> kick the Cardinals ass. <laughs> 
because that was the game that happened this week. And um, I've always been a big fan of Hard Knocks. And frankly, a lot of these NFL documentaries, I'm also at the moment watching the Carolina Panthers All or Nothing from Amazon Prime, which is really interesting. Which I didn't know about. They've done four or five All or Nothings for the NFL now. So the last five seasons are covered if you'd like to watch them all. Uh, it's just kind of, to me, I was like, I'm not going to watch something from three years ago because that's so far in the past in the NFL that I'm not, I'm not really worried about that. Uh, but yeah, you, you've got that. They also do one for Manchester City in soccer, and they did one for the New Zealand All Blacks, which is a rugby team, and they did one for Michigan football as well. So they they do like a deep, full-season dive follow using NFL films, at least for this one, uh, to uh, to follow that. So I, I love watching these NFL documentaries just because it's interesting to see the behind-the-scenes stuff. And uh, that Hard Knocks is no different. And my my biggest takeaway thus far of the first two weeks of the Raiders one is Antonio Brown, who is dealing with the foot problem, which they uh, don't hesitate to show quite often, where I guess he went into like a cryo freezer or something and didn't wear foot protection, and he basically got frostbite in his feet. Which is dumb in the first place because everybody knows, like I, I haven't even done that before, and I know you're supposed to wear footies or Crocs or something while you're in there. Like that was silly. So he has that. And now he's starting to get back to running full speed. And then he has the helmet thing where he, this has been talked about ad nauseum, but he wanted his old helmet and it is no longer legal to use his helmet that he was using. There's a rule that you can't use helmets that are more than 10 years old, which his was, and there's new safety expectations with helmets. So I think he found something that was like eight years old, that he'll be able to wear for two years. And then this whole process will start again. So basically that was the two big news stories for him. But what I was more in intrigued by was watching him as a personality because to me, I haven't consumed a lot of Antonio Brown non-highlight content. I've seen his highlights a lot, right? He's one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL. Aging at this point, probably not the best anymore, but still top two or three. And that's all I really saw. And I knew that he had a little bit of a wide receiver personality, but that's what I thought it was, a wide receiver personality. Wide receivers are kind of crazy. Watching him on Hard Knocks, oh, my God, I want nothing to do with him. He is so obnoxious. And I wonder, now that he's out of Pittsburgh, if if he's going to be more of a distraction than he was there, and it's going to be more negative than positive for him in Oakland. That's the only thing I keep thinking when I watch him is like, Jesus, dude, shut up. He's got such an ego. Yeah, he's he's got an ego. He's a... He's a weird cat, man. He's 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 one of those guys that just kind of, you know, goes to the beat of his own drum and it's it's kind of who he is and the more and more we hear some of his old teammates kind of come out and say this is just kind of who AB is. It's always who he's been, but you were kind of alluding to it during the break is the fact that in Pittsburgh there's a certain decorum that you're supposed to have. You're supposed to carry yourself in a certain way to where those things aren't supposed to get out and you know, we're going to be professional and for as undisciplined and everything as Pittsburgh has been over the past couple seasons, that's still a part of the makeup of that franchise is to make sure that we're at least professional, some more than others, because Ben Roethlisberger hasn't necessarily been professional, but he's the quarterback and he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, so, somehow he gets away with so, all that. I mean, because he's a quarterback, a Hall of Famer, and a Super Bowl winner. You, you, you give him leeway to do certain things. You know, it's weird but that's just the, the way things, things he's work. been accused of you don't give people leeway no you don't too. you don't but when when you're teflon you, you know none of that stuff matters like we most people don't even talk about that anymore we completely forgot about you know some of those alleged 
allegations that, you know, Ben Roethlisberger went In through. bar bathrooms, yeah. But the thing about the Raiders is, and you guys know this because they're within your division, man, the Raiders are all about noise. Always. John Gruden is all about noise. Just win, baby. Like, this is, that's the, that's the mantra of the Raiders. And so it's almost kind of normal to see him there and making noise and doing what he does. Like, this is, this is who the Raiders are and this is who Antonio Brown is. And so if there's any franchise that fits his personality, I think Oakland's perfect. And then we got, we keep forgetting they're moving to Vegas in a year, two years. And yeah. And so that's a whole different type of personality you'll have to have in Sin City. So I think Antonio Brown is the perfect person for the Raiders. I think the noise is a good thing because it's bringing more eyes back to silver and black, especially if you have a lot. I can imagine there are a lot of people in the Bay Area that are pretty, pretty pissed off because you've got a team and you finally got players that you think can do something and you can think and move forward and they've been yanked away from you and they're headed to Vegas. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are kind of angry about that. So being able to see you know, the the best receiver in football, arguably, you know, one or two, no matter where you want to put him, you know, one, two, three, he, DeAndre Hopkins and Julio or Odell, no matter what little order you want to put him in, like Antonio Brown is one of those guys. And so I think you deal with it. And you and as long as he's not really hurting anybody, he's not saying anything, he's not a big uh, Ben Roethlisberger situation to where he's being accused of anything weird, he's just a weirdo. Like, it, I mean, at the end of the day, like, and we were, I was talking about this during the break. Have you noticed that really as far as football, like the receiver is always the diva for the most part? I mean, cornerbacks too. sometimes. corners. Sometimes, you know, every now and then you'll get a, you know, a Jalen Ramsey or or a Josh Norman or something like that. A guy that does a lot of talking, trying to be like like prime time. But for the most part, receivers are just weird dudes, man. Michael Irvin, you know, was a was a weird dude sometimes. T.O. Randy Moss. Ocho Cinco, like name one that name one great one that wasn't just the complete weirdo. And so Larry Fitzgerald, Larry, and that's and that's why we love Larry Fitzgerald, and that's why people love Julio is because they just go out there and do their job, right? They don't Rod complain. Smith. Rod, Rod Smith, I, I wouldn't put him on the same tier. I wouldn't put but... I wouldn't put him up there, but I mean, I get it, you know. But we don't mind you. We don't get this from tight ends. You know what I'm saying? Like we've seen some pretty outspoken tight ends. I'm talking the Jeremy Shockies and stuff like that. That you don't really get a whole lot of that. From them, but it's usually from the wide receivers, which isn't super surprising. And AB just happens to be one of those guys. Here is Ryan Clark. I found the audio. Uh, he is now at the ESPN. He used to be a safety with the Pittsburgh Steelers when Antonio Brown was there discussing Antonio Brown. I knew that this person was there the entire time. I thought he had done a great job of hiding it from the public, right? The media never really got a hold that Antonio could behave in this way. And then once you started to see some of the things that happened in Pittsburgh with Coach Tomlin, with the team being owned and run by the Rooney family in a kind of family atmosphere that you have in Pittsburgh, and he went crazy there. The selfishness started to show some of the brattiness started to show in a place that it hardly ever happens. So for people to think that he was going to go to Oakland and that John Gruden and that Mark Davis were going to be able to stop him from continuing to be who he is. That's a crazy thought, but it was going to be something. It just actually happened earlier and stupider than I thought. So I think it's an interesting point. Because there are certain franchises in the NFL that, I mean, which it could be viewed as a negative too, kind of squash the personality of players to, to fit into the mold of what that team's personality is, right? 
uh, Steelers, really tough-nosed, respectful, maybe a little bit dirty on the field, but not necessarily in terms of personality. You know, the Patriots do this, and there's a couple other teams. But I think that's a great point that you saw it at the end in Pittsburgh where he didn't show up to team practices because he was frustrated and he was doing all these things. And it happened with Le'Veon Bell at the same time. It was almost as if Le'Veon Bell's holdout let Antonio Brown go, wait a minute, I don't have to follow all these rules. Okay. No, I, I, I think, I think, <laughs> there's, me then. I think there's something to that, but I think it was more so look at everything this dude has done for you. And this is how you, this is how you treat him. Like at that's this point, NFL, like though. at this point, yeah, that's the NFL. But yet and still like, if you're, you've done nothing but produce, like, yeah, I expect to be paid for it. And I expect you to, man, do what you are kind of, you know, give me that same respect. Like, I've been here kind of busting my ass for you and doing all these things. Like, yeah, give me that. And for the past seven years, we've regarded Antonio Brown as the best receiver in football. You know, that's just kind of what it is. He's somebody that's really outperformed his contract, you know, every single year. And here it is that I want more money and you're not going to give it to me at all, although I'm still putting up major touchdowns for you. Not as many yards but I'm still leading the team in touchdowns. I'm still doing all these things. Ben Roethlisberger just had his best year ever, you know, th- throwing the ball based on the, a lot of the work that you did. Like, I think he felt disrespected. And I, I understand that. I feel like in this situation with, with Pittsburgh, I think a lot of the blame goes to the guys that aren't there anymore. We forget about the quarterback who was throwing everybody under the, under the bus on, on social media, through interviews. Whenever he can get an opportunity, he was making sure that everybody knew how uh, – how unprofessional uh, his teammates were and things like that. And I think that kind of played into it a little bit. Oh, that's how you're going to do Ben for all the stuff that you have done since you've been here. That's how, okay, forget you. So I, I can understand Antonio Brown's stance from that, uh, from that aspect. But again, he, he's going to be who he's going to be. And like you said, he's kind of, He's childish a little bit, and you mentioned the whole AB, and it's going to be he all keep, beast mode. It's he gonna keeps be all, making like, these AB get it, you know? puns where he says words with AB in them, and then he's like, yeah, yeah Antonio he's, Brown. He's 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 a he's a weirdo. You know, he's, he's gone a, beyond diva though. Like, see what you're doing? You're glossing over the fact that he sat out in week 17 in a game they needed to win to make the playoffs because. It, he wasn't the team MVP that went to Juju Smith-Schuster. That that right there shows what kind of player that guy is, what kind of personality that guy is, what kind of teammate that guy is. And and you weren't here for it, but in, in reality, what this guy truly is, is he's a cancer. He was a guy that turned out, he he was great when he started. He He's a man that built himself up from nothing. But at the same time, he started believing in his own hype all of a sudden now he's turning he's talking about Antonio Brown in the third person and you've seen that metamorphosis into a cancer and that's it's not all his fault i i blame most of this on on Mike Tomlin because Mike Tomlin let that locker room get out of control Mike Tomlin let Ben Roethlisberger go on the radio week after week and throw his teammates under the bus that this is a Mike Tomlin issue more than it is an Antonio Brown issue because he let Antonio grow into the cancer that he is in a locker room. And guess what? He went to Oakland. He got his way. I and what's happening? More Tomlin. BS. I that, would because I think no, no, some no, of it has to go there. The, the because is, people are responsible for their own actions, right? Mike, Mike Tomlin might have fostered an environment that allowed that to happen, but Antonio Brown chose to let that Mike happen. Mike Tomlin literally came out last year and said Antonio Brown can be Antonio Brown as long as Antonio Brown puts up Antonio Brown numbers. That is not how you run a locker room as a coach. That is not how you gain the respect of a 53-man roster. 
That's how you keep the respect of Antonio Brown. That's though, it. Which and is Antonio Brown right? is not bigger than your roster. He's a uh, man that touches the ball eight times a game if he's lucky. But is very damn good, too. But in one of those eight times is more than likely to put a score on the Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, you so. don't you don't cater towards that guy because guess what? You turned him into a freaking monster. Well, then you got rid of him, and now you got Smith-Schuster. And, and all you got rid of him for nothing. You probably would have gotten rid of him for nothing anyway at this point. That's how the NFL works with these big players. You trade them for low-round draft picks. And they you're like, had okay, bye. the best wide receiver, the best running back in the NFL for almost half a decade and did nothing with it. And why? Because these guys were divas, and they let them be that. I don't know if I put that all on, on them. I'll put that on the defense that hadn't been – Awesome. Up until recently, I think this year's defense is going to be scary. But up until they recently, they had a top ten defense is the la- like the last two three years. They fell apart in the I, playoffs. I'm just saying. And Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, for lack for better or worse, did exactly what they were supposed to do. All right, we got a break coming up next. One more wrapping up thought for the Raiders. I am curious what you think of how John Gruden is doing there. He kind of he screams really fake to me. Now that could just be because the cameras are there, and then you're seeing some flashes of him being real John Gruden, but. How do you think John Gruden's actually going to do now that he's back coaching? Remember, he signed that big 10-year contract with the Raiders once they moved to, to Las Vegas. Is it going to change? That's all next here on Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Wrapping up hour number one here on Sports Sunday. Talking some hard knocks discussions or discussions based off of what we've seen on hard knocks. Just wrapped up talking about Antonio Brown. Want to give a little bit of consideration to John Gruden here too before we move into hour number two. So John Gruden is a guy who last year was really underwhelming in his first year back as a head coach with the Raiders. Signed a 10-year deal, if you remember. Mike Mayock is there now, too, as, as the GM and one of the scouts for him. And watching Hard Knocks has been really interesting because the only John Gruden I knew was Monday Night Football John Gruden, right? The guy who was on TV every week and was in love with football and had the weird Maryland, East Coast, whatever that is, accent, Virginia, whatever it is, and just was like obsessed, absolutely obsessed with film and quarterbacks and football and was frankly pretty good at at being a Monday Night Football analyst. Now watching him in the team environment, I'm having a tough time putting my finger on who exactly he is because to me, I thought he was going to be this really big, fiery up, rah-rah kind of guy because Sukas told stories about that because he was was in Tampa Bay when John Gruden Mm -hmm. was there about how you'd run through a brick wall for John Gruden. And I've seen some flashes of that, and I'm trying I'm trying to figure out what is for the camera and what is real. But I've also seen a lot of stuff that, to me, screams John Gruden is fake, and he's just being a certain way because he has to be a certain way as a coach. And I'm not 100% sure where to pinpoint him as a coach. Is he actually going to be able to succeed these next eight years and or nine years, I guess, and and get the Raiders back to the promised land, or is he kind of past his prime? Uh, I don't know. I, I asked some of Suk, uh, asked Suk some of those same you know questions, just as far as 
is this all just hype and you know are we just on the John Gruden you know bandwagon because he is a Super Bowl winning coach and he was able to be a really successful TV personality and things like that so I think naturally we want John Gruden to win because most of us know him more from ESPN and TV than we do coaching you know I'm not sure if you were you know how much attention you were paying to football in 2002 and 2003 when they actually not much you know, so I was I'm, 13 so, years old. So for you, I'm sure you know Gruden that's much more as the quarterback guru than anything else. So, uh, but I remember a guy that was a pretty good play caller. You know, when he was in Oakland and then came to uh, Tampa Bay and had a great defense and was able to do stuff behind that great defense. So I do think he's going to be able to do some things. But the one thing I think about Gruden is I feel like this he's authentic more than anything. Like I see the same guy. Um, and on training camp or on hard knocks that I saw when he was doing the quarterback camp, you know, just kind of that. So you same. think it's all authentic? I think he is. I think he's just one of those guys. He gets it. He he knows how to kind of relate to to young players. You know, we've seen that through the past few years when he's done, you know, quarterback camp and everything like that. You see how he's able to relate to them. So I don't think he's going to have as much of a problem uh, relating to the older guys. I do think there's some stuff he's putting on for the camera. The introduction of this week's hard knock, he's hard knocks. He kind of comes in smooth and everything, and then he just ramps it up and lots of f bombs. It's like oh, okay, like that. Nobody was expecting that real fast, but that see to me that feels more genuine than some of the other stuff that he does. Oh, right? see, now I'm not for me that was like okay, you're 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 ramping up because you know you got to have something for the previews. So I I totally understand. But as I watch his conversations with his team and I watch his conversations with. Um, you know, with his coaching staff, I can tell, like, man, this, this this is really who this guy is. I can't tell that he's frustrated about Antonio Brown. He's also he frustrated about yeah, Nathan he does, Peterman. <laughs> yes, oh, my gosh. You can tell. Now, that's that's real. And I think he kind of shares the sentiment of most people. It's like, what is Peterman doing? And even in preseason, it's like, why is Nathan Peterman in the game? He's he also going hates Mike Lennon. He hates his quarterbacks outside of Derek Carr. You yeah, can he tell. can't stand them. You know, he <laughs> makes sure that they. he knows that, man, I love this one. You guys are just okay. You guys are the pips in the background. That's you're just there to snap and do some spins. But I don't know. I've so far I've I think John Gruden is exactly who I, you know, believe him to be from everything he's done from as a former head coach to the T V personality to returning to coaching. So I think he's gonna be good for this Raiders team. And again, it's all about personality. You know, and I think Antonio Brown fits in great with this Raiders personality. I think he fits in great with John Gruden and his energy, you know, I just I feel like it's going to work out pretty well. Now, mind you, I don't think the Raiders are going to be very good. I should just go ahead and say that now. Like, their roster is meh at best, especially considering the division that they actually play in. Like, with Flacco going to Denver, like, that makes Denver in a completely different team. And the Chargers you know? and Chiefs are still going to be Chargers good. and Chiefs are still the Chargers and Chiefs. Although the Chargers keep – Losing players, Derwin James is out indefinitely. Yeah, with a foot that injury. sucks, I mean, man. Come on, that sucks. No, I, I, but, like I'm in that same division, and I st- I feel bad for the Chargers losing every player every year. No, this and this is just who the Chargers are, you know. So we'll, we'll see if they'll be able to rebound because we've seen them have some pretty disappointing seasons with injuries and still be competitive, but just couldn't really get over that hump. This was the first year in a while that we saw the Chargers get over that hump. I'm just looking at this Raiders team in offense and defense, going. Nah, they just don't have enough right now, especially compete with with the Chargers or with the Chiefs at this point. Good text on this. Uh, honestly, salary comes into it. I judge John Gruden and Jim Harbaugh very harshly, but they make $19 million, you know, win something. If they made two or three, then I have patience. I think that's true. I mean, I, I think a lot of people view it as, you know, John Gruden got this 10-year, 
what was it, 10 years, $100 million deal to to be the head coach. And you're saying, okay, that's a lot of money for a head coach. Most head coaches get five years and then get fired after three if they're bad. Doesn't sound like that's going to happen to John Gruden. You better prove that you're worth all this money that I'm spending on you or else what is this 10 years going to be worth? It's a 10 years of a waste, especially for a team that's moving to a new market that uh, is a very exciting market that seems to be ramping up and ready for football and you'll have more fans there and all that kind of stuff. And it's you waste that because you brought John Gruden in for 10 years. You can't have that. You no. need you need him to have some success there. No, absolutely. He doesn't man. need to win a Super Bowl. But they need him to be, be they competitive. Need to get back to being the Raiders of old. And you know what? They do need to win a Super Bowl. I mean, for ten years, a hundred million—that's I'm—that's more than most people pay their quarterbacks. Like, yeah, I need you to get to the Super Bowl, and I need you to be competitive. So, I think the Raiders should be gunning at that. You know, clearly making the playoffs. But if AFC Championship isn't in your wheelhouse every year, then it might be time to look at the Gruden in this contract and say we got to move on and do something else. So I mean, I, I for me, I give the Raiders four years. That's that's the that's my that my limit. You already had one year down. I feel like four years is half your contract. We'll be able to tell where this franchise is going from there. That's it for hour number one. You can catch it if you missed any of it on the Lush Up Tires podcast at radio.com and tending to the fan.com. Coming up next hour, we have Hate It or Love It at 1030. Uh want to talk a little bit of Jay-Z in the NFL. And then also, I forgot about this. This was a think since the last time we did our show the blazers schedule came out oh, nice. and uh, the blazers have a very 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 hard start to the schedule so uh, we can talk about that next and we'll do jay-z and the hater love it that's next hour here on sports sunday on 1080 the fan <sighs> spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.